We here at Ladies Night In are proud to be sponsored by Robert Renteria at the Renteria Realty Group powered by Keller Williams Realty Boise. With the difficulties and challenges in current greater Boise real estate market, you need someone who knows how to negotiate for you, work to earn your business, and make the best decision for you. Robert has 22 years of experience in this, our local market, and is passionate about sharing his knowledge, knowing what questions to ask to find the right path and timing for you. Whether it's your first home, your dream home, or your next investment, he can help. He's an Idaho native, a team leader, and a great person to know. So when the time is right, contact Robert at www.renteriarealtygroup.com backslash ladies night in. You'll be glad you did. story to tell and I'm so proud that you are here and that you're ready to finally talk. Um, 10 years ago, maybe 10 plus years ago, um, when I moved to Boise, moved to this, should we call it white trash? Okay, we'll call it white trash. These little condos and I think at that time, like God knew that we needed each other because we were both at the bottom of the barrel in our personal lives. Um, we were both, I was in the middle of a hot divorce. Um, she had her own cluster going on and, um, we were just each other's rock and strength. And as I witnessed some of the things that she was going through, um, I, 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 I just didn't know how to help her other than to just be the neighbor that she needed. And so today, a decade later, her life is amazing, and um, she has she finally has a story to tell. And I'm so glad that she's going to talk to you women that are maybe even currently in a situation that you don't feel like you can get out of. Um, I w- one thing that she said is she never wanted to feel like she was a victim, and she's not a victim. She is truly a survivor in in this situation. And so, welcome to the studio. <laughs> um, so introduce yourself. So my name is Mara. I met Ash, like you said, about a decade ago in a very different time in my life. This is really weird for me, right? Because I don't ever talk about it. I'm not a, I am a talker. So um, yeah, it's weird for me to, to talk about it. Very limited people. I don't think it was a secret what was going on, but like you said. No, the neighbors knew. Neighbors <laughs> knew, Bishop knew. Yeah, okay. Um, yes, because I didn't want to be a victim, but I also just, like, wanted to move on. Yeah. But at the time, I just wanted to pretend like it wasn't happening. So let's go back to, okay, so how old were you when you got married? 20. 20, okay. And how fast did that progress? Like from zero to marriage in it was weeks. Yeah, weeks. Right. We got married and then got pregnant right away. You know when you're young, but you also are like old enough to understand that you were doing something that wasn't right. Yeah, that's totally what this was. But I had grown up sheltered my whole life and never really dated. And then I was in this what I thought was you know this overnight romance, and no one would ever. No one would ever understand it. Right. And so against everybody's advice, you know, 
Mm -hmm. I did it anyway. And I threw myself into this situation. And instead of just like walking away when I knew it was time to walk away, I felt like I was already in so deep that there was really no going back now. Okay. So I have a question. So how long did you know him before you actually got married? Matter of months. Matter of months. Okay. And you didn't have the big wedding. You had, you ran right down to the courthouse and just did it. Right. Yeah. So did you have any inkling at all of an aggressive nature of his personality prior to marriage? Did he show any of those signs? No, no, not really. No, no, no aggressive in that way. No, not at all. But I did notice other things like I knew that there were other women involved already. Okay. Or at least I had an inkling to it. I couldn't prove it, but I was pretty sure. But, you know, you're young and I. Yeah. And you're in it now. Right. You're in it. And then when I brought it up, it was kind of twisted around on me and made me out to be this. Well, why were you looking? Why were you digging into my past? So a narcissistic twist. Definitely. Yeah. He definitely turned it around to gaslight me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was so young and I just, gosh, it's been so long now. It's almost like I look back now and I'm like, oh. But you're an idiot. Well, but but I think even now, even that like where you are in life now, even though it's so much better, there's still little things that pop up, a court date or or something like that that pops up that just triggers you, right? So anyway, keep going. Um, and so yes, we got married. We had immediately um, got pregnant and had a child. Everything just went downhill from there. And not just in that relationship, but kind of in my life in general. Um, my parents got a divorce. My sister kind of went off and did her own thing. We had other things going on with extended family members. Um, my mom moved away. My parents sold their house. Like it was just a lot of things going on that were enough by themselves. And now I'm this very, well, I say young mom, 20, 2021. I mean, that seems young. It is young. They're mm-hmm. younger and younger these days. But I here I am, this young mom, and have no family foundation going on right now because everything around me is crumbling. I'm trying to be a new mom. I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And this relationship was just, it was always meant for downhill. It never should have happened in the first place. We were destined for failure from the beginning. So how did it start? Like, did it start with verbal abuse? Did it start with physical abuse? Like breakdown when you first realized that, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. Like, how did it how did it start? Verbally, for sure. Actually, honestly, I think it was more mental. Right. It really was. You, you don't see it then and even kind of after for a while. But as a more mature adult, I can look back and be like, yeah, OK, well. And it starts with isolating you from your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You from your friends. Moving you to a different area, only allowed to hang out with their friends and their family. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was right in there that I was starting to kind of scratch my head like, okay, this is not right. But it wasn't long into being pregnant that I knew this is this is bad. Right. This is going to be bad. And I just thought, you know, I don't I don't know what I'm doing is a soon-to-be mother anyway. Like, do I want my child to grow up without a dad? All of you know, the normal things that women want for their children, I was questioning, and I was questioning whether I would have, you know, the financial support to leave. Well, well yeah. What, oh, yeah. What am I going to do? And so I just thought, all right, well, I'm just going to put my head down and try my damnedest to make this work. 
for myself, for my family, and whatnot. Would he play it off like he wanted you to be just with him because he needed you and loved you so much? Or was it like, how did he frame it? Did he try and make you feel guilty or was it more of a fear-based type of thing? It wasn't fear at that point. It was more like the swoop in as Casanova type for a short amount of time and tell you everything that you want to hear and how things are going to be different and what the future is going to be like. And as a woman who I'd never had children before, I had no idea what my future right. was going to look like. Right. I knew when everything was going to change, but I didn't know. Okay. And it was just bad decision after bad decision after that. You know, alcohol is definitely the devil in a lot of um, domestic types of, of situations like that. And it definitely was um, for him as well. And we ended up moving into, we call it the... White trash. White trash. We moved into <laughs> And um, I remember the day that I met Ashley is my baby at the time was about seven months old. And I was walking around the complex with a stroller because that's what I would do. That's to stay out of the house. To stay out of the house. But we had nothing. Mm-hmm. My name wasn't on a bank account. I wasn't working. I couldn't work. He was working. He had access to all the money and would just leave. And, and and he would go to work or he would go to wherever, and I would just be stuck there. Mm-hmm. And when I say that we had nothing, it didn't have to be that way. Okay. Right? Because there is such thing as, like, a financial abuse, too, if we're going to. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, when you're not paying the bills that you need immediately to have a home and a family, but you have money for booze and you have money for new shoes for yourself and outings for yourself. That is a problem. Yeah, that's a big problem. And that was, if not the largest problem that existed with other problems back then. I don't know, but. It's like you kept you a prisoner in your own home oh, with no power. 100%. No power, no power, no food. No hot water. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So for three months, I would boil a water on the stove and pour it into the sink so that I could bathe my three or four month old all the way up to seven month old baby. Wow. And I get choked up thinking about that kind of stuff now because one, my life is in such a completely different place, but I just can't imagine doing that to my child. Right. Right. And the guilt that I carry Mm -hmm. for a lot of this is what really eats me up at night. Sure. But anyways, that's how I met Ash as I was kind of walking the complex, you know, and we ended up just kind of bumping into each other and talking. And it was kind of like, that's all she wrote kind of a thing. And um, she became my person is what we called it and where I could go and I could talk to her about things. And there was never any kind of judgment, any kind of pressure. But I think that even if I hadn't opened up about a lot of things, I think that so much of it was evident into what, you know, don't you think? Oh, like I saw it. I I mean, body language doesn't lie. I mean, she takes out the trash, pushing her stroller. And when I'm like, hey, how are you? Do you need to talk? I mean, if you can't talk and you can't say anything and you just keep walking, yeah, something's not right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was, you know, when, when he would leave, he'd leave for days. And he would leave her with no power, no food, no anything and it was everything she had to come over and just be like we're we're just hungry can and 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 i 
I, I mean, yes, take them in, love them, right? And that's kind of when I really, I mean, the fire inside of me, like I kind of lit my jalapeno where I'm like, listen, you little mother, <laughs> you know, um, this isn't, this isn't right. But then as I watched things progress in this relationship, it became a matter of safety. And that's where our in-depth conversations really started to, started to happen. Like, you're not safe. You're not like, I mean, I even had some of her neighbors on high alert. If you hear anything over there, like go over there, go over there and break it up and call the police. Totally. Totally. That's stressful too. I mean, I know it's, that's like a lot of people, they don't want to go there. You know what I mean? They don't want to let other people into what's going on in their home. And then there's the fear of, even though you want him gone, he still is the provider, even though he's holding the purse strings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. When did you, when did he first get physical with you? It never starts off like where they're just. Right. Never starts out. Right. It always starts out with like holding your wrist or squeezing your wrist, you know, smaller things like that. And then it progressively would get worse. And, um, you know, I, the hardest thing for me, especially just even to talk about now, is just so many red flags, so many warning signs. So many times you could just say it was common sense or a total God thing being like, hey, wake up. Mm-hmm. This, it's, this is not for you. This is not what I meant for you to have. This is not the life that I wanted for you to have. And it all comes down to choices, you know, the yeah. my choice to stay. It was my and I can sit here all day long and I can say, Well, I didn't have the financial security, I didn't have the family support, and, and those are all true things. But being brave enough to leave, it's not always a fear of physical safety that they're gonna beat you when you leave. It's that physical safety or mental safety. You know, when you go through these things with people, you are not the same in your head. No, you're not. And I tell my, my current husband this all the time that he would not have recognized me. No. 12 years ago. He would. No. I was a totally different person and I was in such a dark place. It was such a dark place. And I can't, I wish I could sit here and I could tell you both. Well, I, I stayed because of this one thing. There is still a part of me that doesn't really know why I felt like I couldn't go. But there was some emotional and mental barrier where I felt like I could not go. And that makes you feel like you're in such a prison, Mm -hmm. not just physically in your home where you don't have the money to leave, but like in your heart and in your head where you feel this is it and this is all I can see. And it's dark and I know it's getting darker and the light is dimming and it takes you down a very, very dark road. And there were times where, you know, I would be in such a bad spot and I would hold my baby really knowing, like, this is the only reason why I am still here. Hmm. I cannot take this. I cannot take feeling worthless, you know, nothing. Mm -hmm. I can't take that anymore. And I looked down at my baby and I knew that that was... It and I held on to that, and I held on to people like Ashley, who were really there for me. But you know, I I didn't share a lot of things with my family because I didn't feel like I could. You know, and they were in a different town, yeah, like far away. Yeah. How far away were they? Uh, in different states. Different state altogether. Well, and they were 
not stable. <laughs> I mean, that's no. one thing too. You can't share your your instability with something that's unstable. Sure. And I think there was also a part of me that was like, it was pride too, you know, knowing sure. that they yeah. said, this is bad. Like, don't do this. You don't have our blessing. And me basically saying, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah. So you were, you grew up in the church then, in the Mormon church? I did not. Oh, you did not. Well, no. you were saying the bishop knew, so I wasn't okay. okay. So here's another. Okay, yeah, no. that's the other layer. I'm missing a layer here. So you didn't grow up Mormon. No, I did not. Okay, and but did he? Yes, he did. But I converted. Okay. Um. And that did not last long. Okay. No. No. <laughs> did he try to participate? Was he acting like a member, or no, did he go? He, he didn't even go. Okay. He didn't go. But his whole family was, and I really wanted to be a part of something mm -hmm. you know I of was course. isolated from my family I was isolated from my friends I wasn't working and I just wanted to feel some kind of security somewhere and I wanted to be accepted by his family so badly but I sure. knew that that was kind of always going to be a barrier mm -hmm. and um and so I did that and um there was no security no okay Although the bishop was very good to me. And he met he me was. A couple of times yeah. And, um, I was able to kind of share some of the things that were going on. And he was the one person I felt like within the church that told me, this is not okay. This is not okay. And he would do house calls, even though I don't think they're supposed to do that. Yeah. He would come over even alone and bring boxes of food or anything like that. And mm -hmm. he was just so kind. And I will never ever forget him and I and I still have relationships with some of the women yeah that I met in relief society and all of that but ultimately it just wasn't for me and it wasn't sure. what was true in my heart so Ash and I have also kind of bonded through that as well sure but um, absolutely so, yeah, he knew the bishop knew and I just kept things very private and now when I have women um it's actually I've had some of his later exes come to me more than one sense with very similar wow. experiences after they have left. I have learned to stay out of it. Mm -hmm. um, you'll learn your lesson one way or another, you know, and, but to other women who are in the same situation, the only thing I can tell them now is yes, it sucks what you're going through and it is misery and it's dark and you have no idea that you'll see tomorrow, mm -hmm. but you will. If you choose it. If yeah, because I think there is a lot of women out there that, just like you, think that maybe suicide or something is their only option, and that is a way out. And and that's not what I would, like, that's not a place you want to go. If you've hit that that point in life. And you have nothing yeah. to hold going, this is my Right, reason. right. I had something to hold saying this is my reason, but it's just so hard. I can't, I can't look at my girlfriends who have gone through this and put my hand on their shoulder and say, just leave, just leave. Yeah. Because that goes in one ear and right out the other. I mean, you said it to me. Mm -hmm. It does. Okay, uh -huh. Well, that's great. But then what? Right. And then what? Yeah. Then what? And you're not just talking about finances and where you're going to live. You're talking about up here. And I feel like it took me so long to get right up here. Well, and it still is a, it, it's still a struggle because even 10 years after the fact, like, when we talk about it, you still will tear up. You will still, like, it still is a trigger that gets tripped. And so being able, you know, all over, you'll see people say, just let it go. Just let it go. 
You can't just let it go. It is. Yeah. I'm really not. I am a, I will bury certain things. Mm -hmm. I will bury them deep to where they can never, ever, ever be touched. But then, like you said, there are certain things that will shine light on something. Yeah. Where the box kind of rattles a little bit. Yeah. Inside me. And for example, like driving past that complex. Yeah. Trips a trigger. And it isn't ever because I look back and have any fond memories or sadness. It's not even the sadness. But for me, and see, like, I'll tear up now even. It's the gratitude that I have and the grace I feel like I was given to leave finally and for where my life is now. But it wasn't like I was gifted this. I had to work for You it. earned it, yeah. I earned it. And anybody can. You can. And you can do it with limited support. That's the thing. Yeah. Is it's just you have to be strong enough in your head and know that you are not the first person to go through this. You're not the first person or the only person to think that there is no way out. You're not the first person to think that, you know, there's you only have one option here. Right, you know? right. But part of what we've always said right you gotta you have to stand up you have to put your big girl panties on yeah and and you have to make really 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 hard moves yeah really hard moves that are so incredibly painful and scary but if you don't no risk no reward you know right. like and 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 a lot of times we have to take accountability for our portion too yeah yeah we have to take accountability for getting into relationships that we knew were wrong. But everybody's seeing the red flags, but you and you're on love bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are a lot of women who were in the right relationship that they thought and just went south at some point. Yeah. yeah. Nobody goes into marriage thinking that they're going to oh, be a product of or divorce is going to be their next step. Right. They just don't. Accountability and that we, you are ever responsible for anything that abusive that happens to you, whether it's physical or mental or emotional. Like, I don't ever encourage women to take that on themselves. No. But I think that's a large reason why we justify why we stay is, well, if I had just kept my mouth shut and not pissed him off, I then, yeah. then that wouldn't have happened. And that's just not okay. And right. so I don't encourage people to take accountability in that way. But it is hard to stand up and put your big girl panties on. Yeah. You know, and or not be the victim. I can't stand that. I can't stand that. And I think that is my biggest deterrent from women who are women in general, actually, I think, is everybody has this a me too story now. Yeah. And and that's probably true. I mean, yeah. And, and that's fine. But um I don't feel the need to stand up on a soapbox and talk about it. A lot of these things are I'm not even going into details now. Well, and that was one thing I was going to say. You know, there's there there is a lot more details to this story that I know about, but it's not my story to tell. Um, but there not only was a domestic side to it, there was a sexual side to it. There was a mental side of it. And so that whole relationship for you, there's no other way to put it. It was clusterfuck. It was. And, and, and the damage that he did and that he's done to others. Like, I think being aware and women that are in that situation, just, I mean, walk away from the emotional side of it and just pull some logic, logic as to who you are as a woman, what you want out of life. And it's okay to say this isn't okay. And that's where I think you got to the point. And I'm so proud of you. We were having a conversation the other day and she had, you know, we were actually talking about this 
And she says, I have the gift of burying this down deep. And I remember saying to you, that's not a strength. That is not a strength. A strength is when you can talk about it and just like that and be an example to other women. And and so it's more of a weakness to bury it down deep because the more you talk about it, and that's not like talking about it on a daily basis, but when someone needs that guidance, when you say, I get it, I understand, like you truly do. There's so much empathy and so much compassion there that that's what we need as women. Mm -hmm. We totally do. And so I remember saying to her in that conversation, I just want to put you on my podcast. And and she was so resistant, like, Mm -hmm. "Eh, not sure, not sure. And I didn't push it. I just said, when you're ready to talk about it, we're ready to have you on. And so I am so proud of you for finally just saying, okay, let's talk about this. And so amazing. You are a strong, strong woman. It's the red lipstick, isn't it? It is. It's the red lipstick. It's always, you know, when you're having a bad day, you just get up and do your hair and put your red lipstick on and everything will be okay. Yeah. Everything was not okay, but it is okay. But you felt better with the lipstick. You know. You did. Through things in life, so important to have a person. Yeah. So important to have a person, but the man that I ended up with now, um, he's amazing. And it's hot. Like sometimes I choke up like this, thinking about what my life would be like had I not left mm-hmm. or had I left under different circumstances. And I have a beautiful life. I have how, how many kill, how many kids you got? We have six between us. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, it takes a really strong person, a uh, man to love and embrace children that are not his yeah. and to raise like they are and they have, and my children call him dad and they have a wonderful relationship and, um, they have a good life. They really do. Like my kids don't want for a thing and neither do I. And, um, my husband makes me feel like I am enough where before I felt like I was nothing. Right. And I was made to feel like I was nothing. Of course. And my husband now goes out of his way to not just tell me, but make me believe that I am a wonderful mother and I am a wonderful wife. And he busts his ass for myself and our children. I mean, bust his ass. And he would go without before any of us would ever even have to think that we need something. Right. And, um, just having that emotional support. And that's what I always tell women that kind of go through this that say, I'll never find somebody else mm-hmm. is you will. And right. if you choose to. Right. Yeah. You will. Yeah. If you choose to. Yeah. And, but you have to, you know, get yourself in that position to be. Yeah. You have to work on yourself first. You have to be ready to receive it. Ready to receive it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And with everything that you've gone through, I'm sure it wasn't easy to drop those barriers. Because I remember when current husband came into the picture, I was not a fan. <laughs> not a fan at all. And and so um, I, I watched them transition and I would always be like, hey, keep your guard up, keep your guard up. You know, that was my advice to her. And then when it was, she was getting married again, I was like, you sure you know what you're doing? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, and even in those first few years of marriage, I, I mean, I watched, I watched some things happen that I was like, Ugh. and I think that was more me just, 
going into protective mode. Like we are not going to have a round two. We are like we will. I will get my shovel and kill him myself. <laughs> you know, he was never abusive. No, he was he was never abusive. But I think that that was me just being so projecting for yeah. sure, for sure. And and so now that you guys have progressed, I mean, what five six years? We've been together for almost a decade. Almost, we've been together for almost nine years, and we've been married for five. So, uh, and things have become amazing, That's which good. is so good. So, so what finally, like, how long did you stay? How long were you in this? Like, we didn't, like, wrap up. Like, how long did oh, you I stay? I know. Um, not even a full three years. Okay. Well, that's good. But still, it was probably the longest three years of your life. You have no idea. Um, yes. And then when I finally left, it was a little over a year and a couple months before I met my husband. Um, and there was a lot of, you know, like hard times, but I don't look back at that time after I left and ever feel shameful, like ever. I did not have a glorious house. I did not have glorious rigs. Ashley, don't say anything. <laughs> don't. Um, but you know what? When I look back, it was my not glorious home. Yeah. And it was a safe one. Yeah. And where I could be safe all the time. And I'm not just talking about physically safe. I mean, where I could be myself. Right. And love who I was. Yeah. yeah. I got into the gym. I started working out all the time and not for anybody else but for myself to feel good. I got into a nursing program, which was a huge feat in and of itself. And I was taking care of myself. And my kids and I was doing it and it wasn't always pretty but it was beautiful right yeah and so did you have more than one child with him two you had two now was the second one planned or unplanned okay second one was not planned I remember that conversation um it was a surprise um and then what services or like where did you go for help outside of just friendship like when you what, how did you start the ball in motion to leave? Like, how did you prepare for that? Did you, I would imagine that it was a systematic, you have to be pretty systematic to plan this out. So you can't just bounce. I saved a little bit of money. Like, we were just like skirting it away, like sneaking. Five, ten, some dollars at a time. Okay. Because I think it was like a hundred and some dollars to file for divorce. And I filed when my second child was just days old, weeks old. Okay. And, um, there were no services that I had at the time. I'm kind of a, a suffer in silence type okay. with my people. Okay. Um, but I think he knew that I was building relationships. Yeah, locally, he did. Mm -hmm. And that was a problem. Mm -hmm. So he moved us. Oh. And when he moved us, we moved into this house where the rent was pretty low. But um, he wasn't there very long or very much. And I kind of made friends with the landlord okay. who had witnessed and overheard some things going on. And they just came out to me and said, is everything okay? And I said, yep, everything's fine. And they said, really? Because it doesn't sound like it's okay. Right. And my mom was there actually at the time because my mom had just moved back. And my mom was just like a vomit. Here, here it is. This is what's going on. <laughs> oh, she let him know what was up. So and she they, knew. That's good. They came, they came to me and they just said, at any time, you can stay. You can stay your name on the lease. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And so that 
I just kind of knew that and I had a little like when I say a little bit of money I mean like 150 bucks wow and um was able to pay to file which my mom probably would have paid it at that time sure she was over it but um and then that was it you know How'd you get him out, though? He didn't have anything either. Listen, he listen. He didn't want to be married. Right. He didn't want to be married. He hated me, obviously. Right. But it was a control thing. Sure. The control. Sure. Um. You know, I think he loved his kids as much as he was capable. Sure. Which was not much. Um, and he was in a really terrible place too. And I think that he, even up until this very day. And I don't want to give any details or anything like that. And I'm not trying to bash him or shame him. These are just the facts, as I think he's battled and struggled with addiction for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I think that that has definitely not helped the issues that he's had in life. But um, he's not really in the picture. Right. Um, So, which is great. And it's not on both (laughs) both sides of the spectrum. And so, yes. I was able to leave, and like I said, it was I had that support of the landlord at the time that made the transition. So you got to stay in the home that you were in, and you were able to say, I need you to move out? And he did? Without a fight? Or? Uh-uh. No. Okay. He was like, okay, okay, okay. And he was good with it because he didn't want to, like, he didn't want to be at home. He didn't want to have to take care of kids. He didn't want to have to listen to me tell him, like, we've got two kids. Like, we need to pay bills. You know, come on, like, you can't be going out every single night and not coming home or just being the way that he was. Mm-hmm. He was home. And so he said, okay, fine. And I think that he always tried to call my bluff, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, when I was finally like, get your shit and get out. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, okay. And he kind of packed some stuff up and he called somebody to come and pick him up. And it was right before they got there that he was like, you know, I love you. And mm, I tried to wow. spin it around oh. all the time. And I remember, I will never forget, I remember what I was wearing. I remember where I was sitting in this house. I remember looking at him and thinking, you son of a gun. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how it's always been. You've always acted like, oh, I'll leave. It's no big deal. You don't mean anything to me. And when I say, okay, pony up. Yeah. And giddy up on out of town. Right. It was. Oh, no. and I, and I said no. I said no. And it was hard even months after that. There's still this mind fuck basically yeah. that you mm-hmm. go through where you feel like you're a prisoner to them still. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like yeah. he closed the door and all of a sudden I felt free and the doves flew out from behind me. It was sure. Not no. Like that. No. no. It was very difficult and um he's still the significant other in your life. Whether they're shitty or not, they're still your other, they're, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just had it in my head. I really had it in my head that, like, I would never be loved by anybody else. Right. Not with multiple children and. Oh, he just beat you down so much. Yeah. Yeah. That was the worst part. And I remember telling him that I would rather take a physical beating than have to deal with the the mental and emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Whether that lighting. was being cheated on, because that happened multiple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, or just, yeah, the being told that I'm nothing or being called fat or oh, yeah. screamed at or, yeah. you know, get like pulling over on the side of the road and getting out and walking off and not coming home for two nights, like on the side of the road. You know what I mean? Just like all of these things. 
Like it screws a person up. It does. Oh, and yeah. you'll still feel drawn to that person because yeah. it's always easy to run back to what's comfortable. Yep. And if like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And <laughs> that right there was what I lived by. Mm-hmm. As I, the devil you know, and I knew that devil, and I didn't know what other devils were out there. Mm-hmm. And it took about a full, you know, nine to ten months before I was like, okay. I'm glad you got your kids out because I lived in a abusive alcoholic home and it was funny one night with my husband, like he had was talking to me in a disrespectful way and like my whole body, I screamed at the top of my lungs. If you think I will ever let a man talk to me the way my mother was talked to, like I was like, it will never happen. You know what I mean? So like growing and it, it beat me down as a teenage girl and I was, I felt worthless and I had no backbone and I was into my mid-20s, just very passive and kept myself very small. And that was not the case anymore. But I'm so glad you got your kids out because it's freaking hard on your kids. So I think that sometimes that's what it comes down to. When When I separated, the question I asked myself was, okay, is it the best thing to keep my kids in this situation and hold this family unit together? Mm-hmm. Um, or do I want to raise them differently? And oh. here I am looking at past, you know, like generations on his side of the family of how some of this 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 treatment, we'll call it, has dominoed from generation to generation. Yeah. And I'm like, this is where it stops. It stops with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the day I left, again, it was the, I'm leaving, and it, no, I love you, all that. And I remember I was so worked up. I, I remember turning around looking at him and going, well, you know what? I don't love you anymore. There isn't one thing about this that I'm looking at that I love. So you can love me all you want, but mm, it's not a two-way street. And he just shut right up. And I thought, yeah, you got nothing to say now. Right. Mm -hmm. And as I drove off, I was, you know, the adrenaline's in there, you know, where you're like, I am freaking powerful woman because I'm driving my car with my kids. And, you know, so the adrenaline's really pumping. But then at night when the kids are asleep and silence is loud, that's when you're like, did I make the right decision? Did I? And thank God for pride because I'm like, oh, I do what I say and I say what I mean. And, and so, no, what did we call it on Sundays whenever Sunday would roll around and we're getting Sunday blues, Sunday blues, because silence is super loud and you do start questioning things. And then then my pride would always kick in and be like, well, no, I said I was going to do this. I said I'm leaving mm-hmm. and I don't want anyone to be like, see, she told you she'd be back in two weeks or something like that. No, I'm not right. going back like and, uh, you know, it's like you said, the devil I know is better than the devil I know. Right. And for me, mm-hmm. I I mean, if I need to meet a new devil, by all means, show your face. Because <laughs> the old one fucking sucks. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think yeah. we get to that point. And people and women will get to that point. But it's just getting there that I feel like is hard. But like you said, those those quiet moments... You know, they were hard. But then, like, life keeps going. Yeah. Life goes on after trauma. Life goes on after divorce. Life goes on after a death. It goes on. Whether you want it yep. to or not, it goes on. Yep. And it keeps spinning, whether you want to spin. Oh, it totally. And its mm-hmm. perspective is everything. In your head, you can choose to live in that hell from the past, or you can choose to watch the sun come up again. You can choose to look at the positives for the day. 
So just to kind of wrap this up, like for women that are in that situation, like that really don't have, they don't feel like there's a next step. What would you tell them? I would tell them to reach down deep wherever it was, whatever part of their heart, their soul, whatever, find that one thing that gives you hope, that gives you life, because there is something, even if it's just yourself, yeah. even if it's just, if you're at that rock bottom, just know that somewhere somebody values you and your life matters to them, whether it's your children or your best friend or your family, and choose to hold on to that and pull yourself up. But you do, you have to be so, so strong. You and do. you are so much stronger than you think you are. Yes. So much stronger than you think you could ever be. But it's just the old adage, you know, you never find out how strong you are until... Until you have to be. Yep. Mm -hmm. That is the time to dig deep, to dig your heels in and really, really jump. And it is greener on the other side. It really, When you're in a situation like that, it is. It is, it is greener on the other side. But you just have to believe in yourself, whether they believe in you, whether your friends believe in you or not, and, and go. Mm. And... And it's so hard, but like it is, you just have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If there's ever a time to be strong, it is then. Right. It and and then. when they do it, give yourself some gratitude for oh, doing 100%. it. Patch yourself. Yes. Grace for the moments when, yeah. when you fall apart and right. not to hate yourself, you know? Right. And, and the only thing that I ever look back on and feel is guilt for putting my kids in that situation, even though they were so, so young. Yeah. And they don't they remember. remember. No. I don't remember anything. And yeah. So now I look, you know, I have a daughter. I have a few daughters. Mm-hmm. And I think, gosh, what would I ever do if, you know, they I, were in that situation? Or if I would have right. stayed and they thought that that was, was acceptable. Okay. Yeah. Right? What if I have multiple sons? What would I do if I would have stayed? And they would have grown up thinking that they could treat somebody else that way. Yeah. Take mm-hmm. all the physical stuff and sexual stuff out of any kind of situation. As mothers, what would you do if you ever saw your son speaking to a woman in in, a manner, any kind of manner that made her feel less than adequate? Oh, I'd slap the shit out of mine. Oh, God, I know mine, too. We'd be freaking death come five. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I would put him in the wall. (laughs) I would, too. Oh, my God. Would I share that with some of my friends, too, you know, who have older children? I go, what are you doing? Yeah. You're teaching, you are setting an example for your daughter that this is an acceptable way to be treated. Yeah. And you are setting an example for your son that that is a way to behave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you can't leave for yourself, leave for your kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leave for your kids. Find that selfless part of your motherhood and ride on it like I. But it's so hard to give people advice because I'm just not a talker about this. But. Well, we're sure glad that you came. Yeah, we're glad that you came. It's neat to hear a success story of someone who got, like, my mom never, she felt obligated to stay. She wasn't being beaten, but she was being beaten down for 20 plus years. It was horrible. And she stayed out of, um, like, she felt the need to take care of this person. And, like, it was a religious thing for her that she endured it. Um, But it wasn't healthy for her. It literally broke her body apart and her mind. Struggle so much. So I'm. They stay for religious reasons. Me too. Oh yeah. Whatever God you're praying to, He does not wish that for you. Well, and it's interesting because the the religion that she's in, that's one of the only grounds for divorce is abuse, and so it would have been grounds for divorce for her. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. again, 
fear, like how would she make it on her own? So a lot of it was that too. So yeah, it's crazy. So I'm, it's amazing that you got out and have created this new life for yourself and that you've got this beautiful smile on your face and I can feel the lightness in you. So life goes on. Yeah. It does. Awesome. It just keeps getting better. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Fully. All right. Well, thank you for being here with us today. I've loved it. And Absolutely. Yeah. Should we wrap it up? Amazing. Wrap it up. Raise a glass. Raise a glass to the power of a woman. We all have it. Yep. Cheers, right. ladies. We're out. Bye.